what's going on everybody what's going on it's another wednesday it's kind of like the second episode of the cowboys experience i'm big game james and today we had we had law nation we're gonna have law on here every time but today we got another special guest mr botch lombardi a lot of y'all know about him on the youtube thing just kind of blowing it up great film sessions along with law and he's you know he's got his own thing how he does it and it's kind of not like everybody else does it that's why i like it so Introduce yourself, Vosh. Tell a little bit about what you're doing, and uh, we'll go from there. What's happening, y'all? It's Brad Black, V-O-C-H-L-O-N-B-A-R-D-I. I basically defeat the narrative. Um, you know, whatever the media puts out, whatever the football Illuminati puts out to lead the masses in one direction, I'm film guy. I'm not numbers guy, not stats guy, so I put, I put everything on the screen, make it factual. I bring it to life, and I, and I basically defeat the narrative. You know what I'm saying? So I put everything on the screen. I don't hide nothing from nobody. Uh, 
Bash Lombardi on YouTube, B-O-C-H-L-O-M-B-A-R-D-I. Thanks for having me. Yes, and make sure you check out them uh, film sessions because they'd be real, real nice. So we're going to already jump into it. Everybody's talking about our last uh, dud we threw. Uh, hadn't scored, what, what it was like 2003 or something like that since the last time Dallas Cowboys been shut out. We got shut out by the Colts 23 to nothing. It was, it was a frustrating game for me. I'm going to get you guys uh, to kind of tell me, give your insights on the game. But it was a frustrating thing to me first uh, for the simple fact that first half we were moving the ball. I mean, we were moving the ball at will on this defense. I didn't feel like the defense was stopping us. Also, uh, it was a situation where, uh, you know, we had the block field goal and then you had our fullback dropping the touchdown. Lift your uh, camera up a little bit more, Vi, so I can see all of you. There you go. There you go, right there. Uh, so that kind of just frustrated me in that first half, and then it just kind of snowballed. First, Vosh, since you are a guest appearance on here, kind of tell me what you thought about the game. Was it – I mean, what, how do you think it went, and why do you think it kind of went like that? I think I think when people realize that all 32 teams are closer to each other than, you know, than they really think. I think all this kind of stuff will just go out the window. You know, we we listen to the morning shows, four letter networks, and we and we tend to buy into what they saying. You know, one week they'll say, "Oh boy, Dak Prescott, he's tough. Dak Prescott is intangible guy. Dak Prescott's a leader. He can take this team and do everything." Mm -hmm. But one game will happen, and the whole narrative gets split. Oh, can Dak do this? Dak's not able to do that, and people kind of feed into it. And I think if if you just slow it down. If you just slow it down and just look at the facts, look at what happened. Everybody played terrible. Mm -hmm. You 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 can't just call this on on Dak Prescott, right? Right. Uh, the offensive line got four back, three backups on it. Mm -hmm. Okay, Tyron Smith still kind of rusty or whatever. Leo been doing whatever all year. Uh, wide receivers didn't do a great job of getting open. Defense didn't tackle as well as we're normally used to them tackling. Uh, the team just looked kind of flat as a whole, but it happens. It happens. And I just don't want people to get comfortable with the notion. The big talking point this year was where well, this week was shut out. Oh, the Cowboys, they they scored zero touchdowns. Boy, Dak Prescott scored zero touchdowns. Well, I mean, so did Drew Brees. So did guys like Cam Newton. And I know Cowboys fans have pushed their best friend off a bridge to have Drew Brees up in here. Mm -hmm. So let, let's not get caught up in all the extra stuff. We had a bad game. It happens next week. Probably going to be back full intensity, back against the wall. The team plays better that way. I'm not really worried about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Law, give me your little opinion on how you how you felt about that Colts uh, victory. I mean, it's a game that we should have won. Basically, uh, we looked at it from uh, the aspect that, yes, we had a lot of guys injured. Uh, I think that we played flat. I think that we didn't execute like the uh, infamous Bosch Lombardi, who brings the party, said, uh, this is the thing. We need to figure out a way to iron this thing up. Regardless of what happened last week, this has been an ongoing issue from time and time again, as far as red zone, money zone, green zone. We need to figure out a way to solve this puzzle. And I think what, what uh, now, some of the talking heads, we already know what they were saying, mm. but I really think that I'm holding this value. Mark Slayer said uh, on First Thing First this morning, he said, the Cowboys need to get back to what they was doing in 2016 when he got to the money zone. And I'm talking about the RPO. Dak Prescott, he may not can throw the fade pass. He might not ever will be able to do that. But damn it, he can do the RPO. He can do the run pass option. He can do the spread option. Whatever it may be when he gets to the end zone, money zone, green zone, they probably need to scale it back and just don't get too creative and give the ball to Ezekiel Elliott or do some type of RPO action down there when you get to that. 
Well, I mean, my problem is is that when when you when you're looking at the game, is it Scott is it Scott Linehan that's making these calls? Is he allowing Dak to be able to check out to do the RPO? Because it seems like when we get in like a third and seven or a third and eight, why does it seem like Dak Prescott is holding on to the ball? Is it play calling? Is the receivers not getting open? I know we're supposed to look at that tape because you can't really see it from the angles when Dak is holding that ball. Everybody's like, as soon as he gets sacked, oh, Dak was holding the ball too long. See, see? And that's not really the case. It could have been a black, bad play call. And just like they were saying, you heard it yourself, Vach, last week when Cooper was going off saying he was getting frustrated with the play calling that the, they were doing the same routes. If that's happening, do you think that could have happened Sunday and the reason why they were guarding our receivers and they were not be able to get open? At the end of the day, I'm player execution guy, and it's been that way for a long time. I know people just now kind of saying it. That's really 2017, 2016, Vach playing, saying, saying player execution, right? So no matter what the play call is, the play call could be better. Let me just say that first and put that in front of everything else. The play call could, in fact, be better. However, if we execute, the play call works. And it's small things that's setting off the big chain of events that makes, you know, that makes it not work. Whether it be, oh, Jamez Oluwale drops the ball, and now it's, you know, this down in distance. Or perfect example, right? Um, um, fourth and fourth and one, right? Everybody's saying that we got shut out. We could have lost the game. On the same token, they're saying, "Well, we got to, uh, we got to, we coach to win the game. Coach, not, 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 not to lose the game." Okay. Well, if we coach to win the game, we're gonna have to go for it on fourth and one. If we don't block the one tech, if we don't block the Mike linebacker, we don't convert the ball on fourth and one. So that ends up being no points, no matter what the play call is. If it's not run properly, it doesn't matter. It was plenty times in the game. Plenty times in the game, play call didn't matter. But one thing led to something else, and it threw the whole drive off. You can't play from behind the sticks. You get a holding call, automatically your drive is 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 ended. Because we're not big play down the field team. We're not big 15 yards at a time you know, team. We're not that guy. So we can't play from second and 20, mm -hmm. first and 15, third and third and whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we just got to play, play more – and I don't even want to say because I don't want to get are we to the risk. Are we are we undisciplined? Is the team undisciplined? Because because watch, if you're looking at these games though, I'm just asking you, if you're looking at these games, it's a lot of times when we always get a big not I'm gonna say always, we get a big first down, fifteen yard run. We're down, it's third and nine, we get twelve yards on the pass. Then you always see this yellow flag of a holding penalty, and it's just like, what's going on? Why does this always seem to be happening to us at the critical times of the game? Holding is a penalty that, that comes from effort. It has yes. nothing, nothing to do with discipline. You hold because you're trying. It means you got beat, but you was trying. That's all that means. What undisciplined means is, oh, if I'm Joe Looney, I don't want to play for Coach Gary. I'm just going to let the one tip. That's undisciplined. Okay. That's undisciplined. It, and and it's, mostly, it's mostly that's what it is. It's, it's, it's holding calls. It's holding penalties. Um, false start, not really, a, not really a discipline penalty like that. So I don't really feed into the narrative of discipline because I know, because I know you, James, I know mm -hmm. discipline going to go right in the coaching. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let you rock, fam. But go, go ahead. Well, well, let me jump in and time in on this type of situation. This is, the, this is what it is. It's continuity. So it's not uh, undisciplined. What it is is they are unseasoning, meaning that they don't have time to play with each other for a long period of time. When you saw Lyle Collins, when he gives up, a, a, I guess, a deal into the inside, to me personally, that's his first time playing with Connor to his left, you see. And then on top of that, when you get when you kick number 77 out, when he got a guy that's like three times his, 
smaller than him. He holds and grabs him to the outside instead of just mauling over him. That's just because he's not aware. He's not used to having Cooper running behind him. So those are things that when we look at this tape and we look at film, we see that this is not discipline. It's just that they are unseasoning, meaning that they haven't played together for a long period of time. And we see those rust factors, especially uh, when I saw the, the pocket collapse several times in that game and the young Dak Prescott couldn't step up through his throw. So it's it just what it is, uh, uh, the elite panel. I'm going to call you guys the elite panel. It's just what it is, you know what I mean? <laughs> since Law said that, since Law said that, I actually showed him a film one time we were in the red zone. They had a um, gap exchange on the right side, stun or whatever. The the uh, Connor, uh, Connor Williams had a one take to his side, and he crossed his face. Well, Connor didn't kick deep enough. Connor just kind of stayed at the line of scrimmage. So when the guy crossed his face, Leo Collins really wasn't there. You know what I mean? So that could be a could be a continuity thing to where, you know, they're used to, you know, like one side, you know, kicks deeper than the other side. Oh, I'm over here with Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith got great feet. I got to I gotta get moving with Tyron Smith because, you know, Tyron got those super feet. Lael kicks different. So, I mean, that could be a thing. Law, good observation. But, you know, my, my thing is we're, you're talking about the continuity. Uh, Redmond came in the game because Xavier went out the game and then you saw Connor Williams was starting because Zach Martin was out the game. Do you foresee this being a problem? Let's say Zach Martin doesn't play again uh, against the Buccaneers. We need this game. I mean, it's a big game. We need this game. Do you foresee this being an issue uh, uh, this week? Or you think you said that we're going to jump back and kick back? Uh, look at Tampa Bay's defense. It's terrible. Uh, they give up quite a bit of points uh, across the board. They're terrible on the road. I believe they're one and six on the road. So this will be a game that will be optimate for the Cowboys to come in and do our thing. But so many times what I get frustrated is that we should have these games that you say, you know what, look at the numbers. We should go ahead and just dominate this team. But so many times we keep teams in the game that we should not keep in the game. And I'm worried about playing these Buccaneers. Will this happen against them? Jameis Winston, I don't think he's great. But you know what, he can get hot against that defense and anything can happen. Do you foresee that uh, being a problem um, going against these Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week? I mean, we know that Dak can play with a with a bad offensive line, but, you know, the Cowboys ain't going to be good if Dak's bad and the receiver's bad and, you know, play calling is, you know, looking looking kind of funny. Like, I think we can only have two vices. We can't have four. You know what I'm saying? Plus, plus the defense not really giving us the ball back what we want. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really see us looking as bad as we did versus the, uh, versus the uh, Buccaneers. I mean, Suofilo, Suofilo is, is the people's champion. They, they love him, mm -hmm. but, he better than Redman. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's better than Redman. Oh, my gosh. When I seen Redman in that game, I scared me. I do not drink the Kool-Aid. I do not eat the cheese. I am not a Xavier Suofilo fan, but, boy, is he better than Redman. <laughs> yes, indeed. And then you're talking about a backup of the backup of the backup. Man. <laughs> well, I, I mean, if we have to see Redman in there again, I, I'm just praying that dude gets his eye right, get put a visor on your head or do whatever you got to do, but get back in that game because we need these last two. Got another quick – I got two quick questions. One, is this a championship defense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. This defense exhibit everything that it relates to championship. I do know a lot of people are going to look back at the last score and say, wait a minute, hold up, law. They don't get – they don't create takeaways, turnovers. And then on top of that, uh, you, you know, we just don't see the dominance as, as it relates to the offense, well, the front four. We only see one guy spring up here and there, but no – uh, if you look at the game from last week, right, and I hate to go back to the Colts and everything like that, but this is the thing. 
when your average field of play is at the 50-yard line. Of course, when you got 50 yards to go or 44 yards to go, of course you're going to put up money. But one thing that I did see out there is that Andrew Luck, as much as we hate and throw shade and salt at Dak Prescott, Andrew Luck didn't pass over 200 yards. I didn't think he like like Vox Lombardi, who brought the party earlier. Mm. I don't think Andrew Luck threw a touchdown. And, mm. and, and Byron Jones, he's stingy over there. So, yes, this is a pedigree of a, a championship defense. We just got to get this offense rolling just a little bit better. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I'm also got a question since you – I'm not going to call you a Jason Garrett lover, uh, Vosh, because <laughs> I'm not going to call you him. I'm not going to call you a Jason Garrett lover. But let me just ask this question. So, we had this five-game win streak, right? We lose. Sure. So, we got two games left. Now, if we had that five-game win streak and everybody said Jerry probably got uh, uh, Jason Garrett's jobs probably got saved, what happens if we lose these last two, don't get in, and Philly jumps in while winning the last two? What do you think Jerry would do? Do you think he would still be like, you know what, I'm still going to roll this? Do you think he would make a decision on that? I have no idea, but Vach would definitely keep the same energy, and I would see what you know. What did the team do? It it doesn't matter what coach it is, bro. It doesn't matter what coach it is. Your team got to play. You guys got to show up and perform. You know what I mean? And you know, like I said, and I've been saying this for a while, man. You know, I've yet to see that. I've yet to see that team quit on Jason Garrett, and that's the biggest head coach quality to me. Everything else falls upon coordinator and player execution. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm in. A, it's not my place to say, you know, who gets fired, when gets fired, or what, who gets fired, or when they get fired. But I'm just Garrett fan, man. I ain't, I ain't really trying to trying to see Garrett up out of there because I know you're Lake a fan. Islands won't won't turn his shoulders because because Redmond got run over. Because we didn't tackle uh, Marlon Mack, I'm not trying to see my coach get fired over that. You then we then Garrett. we then we go sign a scrub like Vance Joseph and go. <laughs> That's what I be talking about. What about you, Vach? What do you think would happen? Vach just answered. I mean, not you, Vach. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what so about you, Law? Is, my, my thing is with this uh, coaching deal, and uh, we're not going to get rid of Jason Garrett. I mean, he only had what? How many losing seasons? I was sitting wait, right? Uh, the best thing that we can do is uh, throw in a new wrinkle, it, whether it be just for simple fact that Scott Lenahan, wherever he went to, regardless of whatever he started as far as head coaching or, or being the offensive coordinator, there's it, it, a black cloud somewhere around uh, Scott Lenahan's. And I don't know what it is. So maybe you can throw in a new wrinkle by bringing in somebody new. And I think that this fan base deserves to see something different out there. Now, can Scott Lenahan be a, a good OC for somebody else? Yes. But for this particular offense, for Dak Prescott, if this team would like to build around Dak Prescott and the young Ezekiel Elliott, then they, I would like to see something different. That's just me. That's my opinion. You guys can lay yours down below in the comment sections. Yeah, speaking of the comment section, I want to give a few shout-outs to some people that's been actually listening to the experience, and we definitely appreciate y'all. D.D. Cruz, Richard Woodard, uh, Jamal Wilkes, Vondell Jackson is in here, Dustin Merriman, we appreciate you, Carrie Teagle, uh, and, and more is keep, keep keep on coming through. Keep your comments coming through. And at, if you want to ask some questions or post some questions to some of these guys up here today, by all means, jump in here and ask a question. Now, I do also want to say, since we are on the Cowboys Experience page, Vod, since you're on here, you actually got to be able to experience the Cowboys Experience just like we have, and it's been an awesome thing, you know, with Barry. We actually hooked up last time on the Detroit game, and we had a great time. But you went another game, and then you got to interview Joe Looney and things of that nature. Kind of tell me how that situation was, and how was your experience with the Cowboys experience? 
I mean, Cowboy Experience is amazing. Barry is amazing. Barry ain't told me a lie yet. <laughs> man, they told me a lie yet. And that just means so much to me, man. It, it, it just means so, so, so much, man. Show me a good time, great hospitality or whatnot. Put me around players. I got two tall Jones on my show. Got Drew Pearson on my show. Jeff Heath and all them. Rod Smith, who's my height, just a bit taller than I thought I was tall. But <laughs> got a chance to talk to Joe Looney. And I was... um. I was actually live streaming, got a got a chance to let some of my people just ask a you know a few um questions or whatever and they ask about Columbo and what is Columbo doing different that uh what's his face? Uh, I forgot his name, uh, Paul Alexander. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's he doing different besides that or whatnot? And <clears throat> and I was expecting Joe to give me some technical jargon about boy, my hand is at a 95-degree situation, and I was going to go, yeah, 95 degrees is better than, you know? But he 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 basically told me it was just temperament. It Attitude, was just right? it was It was just temperament and how they prepared. Like, it's not really a, a big technical change. It's just how they approach things differently or whatever. So I've been, I've been fairly surprised with the, um, with the job that Mark has done with our offensive line, considering that ain't nobody playing that everybody's hurt. We, we were, we were even able to run the ball last week Mm -hmm. without Zach Martin and without Travis Frederick, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I mean, you know, Salute to all those guys out there, man. You know, I'm a huge offensive line guy, and I see the details. And, um, you know, being able to talk to uh, Joe Looney, me and Barry was talking. Hopefully we, we're going to get me and Joe Looney on the dry erase board and get some X's and O's up there, and that's exciting. So, that would be super exciting. Oh, man, stay tuned for that. Oh, and stay tuned because he could probably be on this show soon. So definitely be, uh, stay tuned for that because we love him, and he'll be, a, he'll be a perfect character, especially with some good breakdowns on that board. Uh, mm-hmm. So going, going forward – we're getting ready. Uh, like I said, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then we got the Giants at the end of the year. Um, so what do you think are going to be the keys to this game um, against the Buccaneers? What do you feel like the Dallas needs to do on the defensive side against the Buccaneers, and what do you think we need to do offensively against their defense in this game coming up? Oh, man. On the t- <laughs> I'm going to start off with the offense, man. We need to score early and often. I think that this team is designed to play with the lead. And then, then also, they if they can control the T.O.P., for those who know me, they know what that means, right? T.O.P., if we control that, then we can get this thing going in the right direction. Now, as far as defensive-wise, I'm going to let Bosch Lombardi hold that. But offensive, we need to just score early and often and correct those red zone, money zone, green zone issues. Uh, and correct the penalties because the penalties have been killing us. Every time we get a first down or a big play, we get a big holding or something. And just like Vach was talking about, when we get like second and 12, second and 15, second and 17, it just seems like it spells disaster for our offense. So we definitely got to keep down in distance for this offense and continue to get Zeke the ball, you know, in critical areas. I, I said one big thing to me was how much Zeke has got the ball in the passing game this year. I will give a lot of credit for that because a lot of people are saying that Zeke wasn't involved and he wasn't that type of guy to get the uh, receiving catches, and he has shown a lot more this year, career high in catches. Uh, what about you, Vach? What do we think you need? What do you think Dallas needs to do on the defensive side against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Last week, I don't think our linebackers were as effective as they normally were. They made tackles because they were there, but they weren't as effective. Um, we've got to be nastier in A-gap. we got to be nastier in B-gap. Um, Antoine Woods, Malik Collins, my man, uh, Karan, Karan Reed, 51? 51? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, th- those guys, when they're playing nasty and our linebackers get to run free, the defense is ridiculous. And that's kind of why Marlon Mack was able to get off a little bit. 
two things you got to do to run the zone correctly. You got to deal with a gap. You got to block the mic. Both things happen against us. Um, so I would like for us against Tampa Bay because that offensive line ain't that great. Uh, I would like for Antoine Woods to get back going. I would like for Malik Collins, Tyrone Crawford when he's in there, Karan Reed. I would like those guys to get back going. I mean, we give credit to the Colts. I mean, they had one of the highest sack totals last year for them. I think they had 56 sacks last year, and they went from one of the highest to one of the least. I believe they only give up 15 this this season, and we didn't touch them in that backfield. I got to give a shout-out to Kelly because he was doing his thing against Woods and also Quentin Nelson, a big draft pick that you came from, that came from Notre Dame. And I know you broke down film on him, Vach, and I know you, you liked him, didn't you? Because I know I liked him. I thought he was a good player. I love those guys. Quentin Nelson was the best player in the draft, and I still stand by that, but it's a Cowboys show, and I can't be too pro-Quentin Nelson. I feel you. I'm just saying. I'm saying. I'm just saying. I feel you. Hey, but but, but we got to say, though, if if you're saying that we saw something against them, this is something that we have to look at going forward again the rest of the season because you know how it is when the playoffs come. A lot of things get a lot more tighter in the playoffs. And do we count on David Irvin coming back? I mean, what what is the issue with Sean Lee? Is he going to continue to come off the bench? How do you think they're going to work this lineup going forward with that? You asked me a handful of questions, but about that Quinn Nelson thing moving forward, there ain't that many more of them, brother. Yeah, so that's, that's true. So that's good. That's good luck right there, Quinn Nelson over there, and we got the other one, Zach Martin. There ain't that many more nasty, ridiculous right guards. But um, as far as moving forward, I mean, yeah, we'll be fine, man. We'll be fine because. I mean, I mean, like I said, man, I mean, we did this versus, versus you know, Quinn Nelson. It, it should be easy, easy peasy from here on out. Um, as far as moving moving forward with, with uh, David Irving, man, I fully expect us to find um, – to find a little bit of depth at that uh, spot, man. Because, I mean, you know, salute to David Irving. Yeah. Is he going to play this year? He'll play this year. Sure, he'll play for the playoffs. I think David Irving will come in for the for the, for the uh, playoffs and, you know, when all the hard work is behind us and there's nothing but floor <laughs> right. run-ups, you know what I'm saying? He'll just walk in and he'll play for the playoffs. But I don't think he'll be back next year, fam. Malik's doing well. Uh, I think we could just kind of plug guys in at one take, and it and it just happens to be in his draft coming up. It's a lot of three takes in this draft, buddy. Sorry, right. David. What do you think, Law, about David Irving? <laughs> man, man, I, hey, I seen David Irvin. He's part of the Cowboys experience, so they, so he may be watching this show live right now. That's but what all right. I will say. You to can David still Irvin, say it. Just, 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 we gonna still say it. I'm not gonna sugarcoat. You know, I'm bringing the real. Bring but it. What I would like for David Irvin to do is just go ahead and check out of football and get his life situation together, get his daughter together, and uh, find a baby, an- another lady that he can just, you know, corral and make love to and just be with and be happy and ever after. Because after that, this football life is not his life right now. And because one can contest the fact that he got so many issues going on off the field. Let's just give him a, a job with that law office firm or something like that. Maybe he could be a paralegal or something. He but said man, he wanted football, to be a model. Uh-huh, what'd you say? He said he wanted to be a model. I'll get him out of here. <laughs> well, well, him and his nipple ring can go be a model. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm so just saying. So right now. Scratch that nipple tag off that line. <laughs> hey, and I love 95. You know, I always say live like 95. So maybe we can give somebody else that number, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's let's keep it a real. I, I've told y'all from the very beginning that I don't think David Irvin liked football at all. I just think that he was six foot seven, three hundred 300 pounds, and sometimes – 
I've watched you've seen it. I know when <laughs> I've coached football and you just seen players that have that size, they don't really like the game, but they're just so big and talented, they play it. And I just feel like that's what David Irvin is to me. I just think he's a supremely talented player that just don't really like football. And that's the James, reason why I he has feel you, man. But when he beat the guard and hit Aaron Rodgers, I feel the map, you, but man, you know what it is, though, Vosh. I mean, Vosh, you already know what it is. In the playoffs, I just need four games of that, and he can just do whatever he want to do after that, man. I mean, we can't never keep him for 16 games. Just imagine if we had that talent for 16 games, how much he would take our defense from here to here. And I don't understand how you can have guys that talented and they don't see how much he could change our whole defense. I mean, our defense is very good now. He could just take that defense to a whole different level, just him by itself. You saw that game against the Colts. If he was in that game, that changed the whole game. Antoine Woods is better when David Irvin's in there. You know, Reed is better. Collins is better. He makes everybody on that front line better because the attention that he brings. Period. If I had four games with with uh, with uh, David Irving, just only four. Yeah. Four to be them last four. That's most important, man. Yeah. It's, Fox, it's, you you, you saying something because it's all all we need is four games. In the I don't want David to play Tampa Bay. <laughs> Want David to play the Giants? I, I kind of want to play the Giants next year. He can go play with the Browns preseason next year. I don't care. Just give me <laughs> them, them nasty ones. You know them ones that that David Irving give us. Give me four of them. Well, you know? if we're gonna get them, we hopefully we get them in these playoffs. Now, there's another guy that's on that defensive line that a lot of people have been talking about. <sighs> Some people said he could be traded next year. We don't know. It's Taco Charlton. He's got one sack this year. I thought it was going to be a lot of big things for him. I didn't think he was never going to be a 10-sack guy, but I thought he'd get like maybe seven this year. I did think that. I knew he would be a problem with him because, he, to me, he is strictly a left defensive end, and he's not taking DeMarcus Lawrence's spot. Every time I see him on the right end, he struggles to me, and I think Randy Gregory is better on that right side. Now you're talking about, well, he had a shoulder injury, but now it's really he's in the doghouse. What do you all really think about what's, this, what's the deal with this Taco Charlton thing? Oh, man, Taco, I, I think that Jerry Jones and uh, Stephen Jones and uh, <clears throat> and Will McClay, they may be on the phone. They may be calling the Raiders. Maybe the Raiders bite because they thought they was going to get a good first-round draft pick with, from us and the Chicago Bears, but we keep on winning. I'm losing my voice a little bit. But this is the <laughs> thing. What we need to do is Jerry Jones need to get on the phone with the Oakland Raiders and say, hey, what's up? What's up, man? You guys want so uh, to talk about Kita La Rasa? What's up, man? Go ahead, Bot. Oh, man. It, you know, <laughs> I kind of feel bad for Taco, man. Taco was on his way, but boy, Randy Gregory's special. How'd <laughs> <laughs> that bend? That damn look, bend. And look, I'm so proud of Randy Gregory for yes. overcoming all his adversities. Yes. Gotten his life together. Yes. He's for his daughter, but big game James. Randy Gregory don't even know how to play defensive end yet. I know. And got six sacks in five games. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and he don't even know how to use his hands. This ain't, we ain't even seen this good. Next year is you when you're going to see. You ain't even seeing it this year. I was right. film, big game, John. I was watching film. It was against the Eagles. And Randy met DeMarcus Lawrence at Carson Wentz. They met together. <laughs> but the route in which they got there was so different. Like, DeMarcus Lawrence looked polished. He came off the ball. Not as athletic looking. And he risk control. Right, Had right. a good little jab move, and he turned, and he met it. Then he met it, Andrew, uh, at uh, Carson Wentz, right? But it looked like he had to work hard to get there, big game, James. Right. And Randy just rolled out the bed and just... Bam. Boom. 
<laughs> and just met Demarcus Lawrence. <laughs> didn't even and didn't even know what he was doing. Just got there. Didn't use his hands. You know, he was in the wrong stance. His 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 base was nasty. You know, it didn't look really good at all. You know, but he just naturally, ah, and he was there. Man, I can't wait till Randy Gregory learn how to use his hands. Man, I can't wait till Randy Gregory start pass rushing with a plan. Man, I can't wait till Randy Gregory starts stringing moves together and starts countering pass rush moves because he's getting it done without none of that right now. Right, yeah. He, he, he's this is a, basically his first year of football, basically. I mean, for real, for real. I mean, for uh, the long term because we never even got to see him long term because he was always getting hurt. Things were always happening. And shout-outs to Randy Gregory, too, just like you said. A lot of people were doubting him even coming back. You know, you know, you were hearing the little news. People were trying to say, oh, uh, Randy Gregory has to – something might be going on, and they were still trying to bash him. And the, for a fact that he still kept it together, hasn't fallen off, still has persevered, and has a pretty good year, just like you said, has had a pretty good year and is only going to continue to get better. I can't wait to we, – hopefully we get in these playoffs to see what he's going to do, and I think he's really going to wreck shop. So shout-outs to him. So the consensus is Taco might just get traded because he's just never going to get that opportunity. They kind of just – that was a bad pick. And see – and wait, that's where I disagree, though, James. Okay, that's tell me. Talk to me. Talk to me. I don't think I don't think Taco is a bad pick. It's just hard to be productive when, when Randy is there. But depth is important. Plus, I think Taco has the frame where if you add a little bit, he can play three-tech in this new NFL. Flash yeah. Lombard is going to tell you right now. I watch a lot of film. I think edge rushers are about to go obsolete in about four years because offensive coordinators have found a way to brilliant their way into reducing production from left ends. Mm -hmm. You know, we can, we can read you. We can um, hot route you. We can find dump offs. We can find a way to neutralize outside um, edge players, but these three techs and one techs, that can get nasty pressure up the middle and push the pocket so you can't step up into it, those guys are going to become a lot more important. Um, I love Von Miller, but he's nasty on the outside. Aaron Donald gets to the quarterback way quicker than he does. So when we look at the draft coming up, you see you guys like Quentin Williams, the best player in the draft, in my opinion. We see guys like Ed Oliver. We see... Jeffrey Simmons, these other little nasty three-techs, Rashawn Carey, that can get upfield quick, fast, and in a hurry. I think that's where the game is headed. So you look at Taco, big old kid, long arms. Still growing. Still growing. I, I think in the offseason, you give him a peanut butter sandwich, two bananas and some, you know, muscle milk or something like that, I think he'll get about 15 or so pounds and he'll be able to play some type of three-tech in one of our passing scenarios. That's just my opinion. Plus, one more thing, and I'm going to let you go. It was right around this time, a couple of, uh, like last year, really, last year, a couple months ago, people were saying, hey, man, we need to trade Jordan Lewis. Jordan Lewis ain't really doing nothing. You know, he's just kind of a player that can't play. Maybe we can get, you know, get something back for him. You know, depth is important, you know. We're one knock on wood away from from needing Taco Charlton, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm not really trying to get rid of him like that. All right, definitely yeah. good insight on that. And like you see, David Irvin, I mean, you can use him as a classic case. When he came with the Cowboys, he was playing more defensive end, and then he kind of morphed himself into that defensive tackle, and they kind of just kept him there because he's just so dominating there. It's kind of like you don't even want to keep him on the outside because of the havoc he creates. You're talking about Aaron Donald. He's like six foot. You got a David Irvin. He's six seven coming on that inside, and Taco's every bit of six six, and he's big. So, yes, that could be something that can happen down the line as far as Dallas doing that. 
Now, mm. since we're talking about – we talked about you brought some people up in the draft, and I was kind of going to head that way. Sure. The draft is going to be coming up. We still have some holes to fill. What do you think – I'm going to ask both of y'all. What do you think are, like, the top three needs the Cowboys are going to be looking heading in toward the draft? Inside, inside, inside. What he just mentioned. Uh, they're going to look for somebody that can uh, – they can plug that middle, hopefully, uh, with that defensive front. And then on top of that, they, they may look at safety. Those are the two glaring holes that they're going to look at. And believe it or not, Cowboy Nation, I have to say this. And you guys know I'm going to say this. They may look at offensive line again. There's nothing wrong with every – every year you should look at offensive line. Every year you should look, you should always do that for the best. Too. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, you know, people – and – you know, Law just, just kind of says safety or whatever, and I'm just hearing a lot of people, Jeff Heath, you know, first name pops up, get Jeff Heath. I'm fine with Jeff Heath, especially going into this draft, because I know at some point money's going to have to get put in certain spots, and guys may or may not be here. I'm looking at nickel corners. I'm looking at three techs. I think we can find one text. We're just good at finding one text. Uh, three techs. I'm trying to find offensive linemen. Um, I think our offense comes and goes as the offensive line comes and go. That's just my opinion. Uh, when the offense is available, I mean, when the offensive line is available, they're looking amazing. They're looking great. There's nothing you can tell me about young Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott when his offensive line is top tier. That offensive line takes hits. The entire offense takes a hit. And um, like, you know, like, like, like we were saying earlier, you know, David Irvin may not be here. Malik Collins may not get paid. Mm -hmm. Tyrone Crawford's a little older now. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just going to have to look at the steps moving in that direction. Not that we're going to cut those guys, but, you know, it's better to have a guy just waiting if, you know, just in case we, you know, do have to make a move. So uh, I'm not trying to draft a tight end. Honestly, I was just about know. to – that's the question I was going to ask. Should we go ahead and draft a tight end? Blake Jarwin has been looking better. Uh, Jeff Swain has looked okay. And then you've seen Schultz got some good reps against the Colts. Uh, I don't understand Rico Gathers is playing more, but he's they're using him more to block, and they're not using him to catch the ball. I don't understand that. I don't know what point they're trying to prove. But So you think we're solidified at the tight end? We don't really need to go after a veteran or gra grab a, a high-end, fast-type tight end, one of those dynamic I mean, I, ones that I, I, might I, need? I think that uh, probably Rico, and as much as we love Rico, this may be his last year, believe it or not. And then on top of that, they may, they may go out and grab a veteran tight end uh, just to insert on this particular roster uh, during the offseason to see whether or not he can gel well with uh, Dak Prescott and his plays. So uh, <clears throat> when you mention also with the defensive ends and things like that, don't sleep on Dorrance Armstrong. He, he is a guy that's developing too. And then also, and anybody know in the chat box, anybody know whether or not Ty or Tyrone Crawford, is this his last year? Will they re-sign him? Or will they just say, okay, you know, you've been a good serviceable guy. But uh, we probably need a little bit more production from there. So I, I, it's just going to be one of those off seasons where we really going to have to turn some stones over and see what we can do with it. Well, you know, I, I hear a lot of I see a lot of people saying offensive line, <laughs> defensive tackle. A lot of people are agreeing with you. I'm gonna give a few shout outs to some people that are in the uh, chat box right now: Alex Rodriguez, Juwan James, 
Buddha Shabazz, uh, Vondell, of course, Jackson, Marvin Hargrove Sr. has jumped in, said what's up to everybody on the panel. So we definitely got to give them shout outs. <coughs> Didi Cruz, another one as well that's been saying what's up. And a lot of people have been grieving, agreeing with you guys with the offensive uh, line and the defensive line because, honestly, that's where the teams are built anyway. That's where you're really going to win in the trenches. I feel like the reason why we lost that game was in the trenches. Uh, we didn't get any pressure on Andrew Luck. And he didn't even really dominate that game. It was really whatever the heck name, uh, Marlon Mack. Wherever the heck, where is he from? Because I don't even know who that dude is. Marlon Mack played ball in South Florida. I think he was a fourth round pick. Um, I liked him. You know, you know, just but 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 that could be because I'm I'm draft guy, and you know, I just happened to see Marlon Mack. But Marlon Mack's not really a star star. Mm. But uh, I knew that if you put him with Andrew Luck, he could he could definitely play. Um, Big Mac fan. Big, big, big Mac fan. Okay. Now, you're also a big Sean Lee fan, uh, Vach. And sure. I asked you a few questions on Twitter because, you know, people were saying, you know, what should they do? Sean Lee was coming off the bench, and then the Dallas said they don't really want to mess with the mojo uh, right now. So what do you think they should do with Sean Lee going forward after this season? Man, you just had to throw that little curveball. Yeah, I'm right throwing at the end it in there. Right, right at the end of the sentence, huh? <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Man, you know, I ain't really just trying to get rid of Pro Bowl players like that. He's making nine million dollars a year, and his 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 production is great. But when he doesn't when he doesn't play, so don't you think production and being on the field has a uh, something to do with uh, how great you are? I could, or I I may or may not be wrong, but I think Sean Lee's contract got a lot of incentive in it. Mm -hmm. So I think he gets paid as he as he plays. I think that's the reason why his contract is like five million or something like that. Mm -hmm. Man, look, if Sean Lee's playing, I ain't got no problem with it. Go 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 play. Go 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 get him. Long, you know, you know, whatever. Long as he's playing, but you know, it's just that you know we're not trying to pay him while he's sitting down. You know, so as long as his contract is incentive based, then I'm fine with that. You know, now if he decides to take his business to to South Beach or something like that to go be a full time cat, hey, this is Van Der Esch team. I, you know, I I can't hate him for that. Can't hate him for that. But I'm just not trying to get a Pro Bowler about the paint. It's not like Sean Lee's old and he's playing old. Sean's still top tier. He just lays down to go ouch. So you know, if we can just not pay him when he's hurt, then you know that's all that is. What about you, Law? Oh man. Um... <clears throat> It, to me personally, it's it just the end of the road. Although we go, how you say, although we go <laughs> to the end of the road. <laughs> hey, this is the thing, man. I love Sean Lee, and uh, it's just one of those things where I would rather uh, develop the young Leighton Van Der Esch, and I would rather develop Jalen Smith, and we need to just go out there and draft. Maybe we can find a, a Leonard or somebody like that who the coach picked up this year in the second and third round, whatever he was drafted in. Maybe we can find strike gold from there, you know. But outside of that, I can lean a little bit what Vaj Lombardi is saying. Maybe if he can have, a, like, one of those incentive-based uh, contracts, then we can lean on that. But if not, shout-out to him, man. Bye-bye. Oh. He can be a coach. I mean, so cold-blooded, man. You cold. Hey, I, I told you, you know, when when he was hurt that it he needed to come off the bench. Um, I'm, I know how beastie he is, but I'm sorry. He's always hurt. He's been hurt in college. He's tore up both them knees, 
And every time we se- seems like we need him, something happens. And it's your leg, to- uh, yeah, but your legs and your hamstrings don't get better. That <laughs> continues to get worse. We've seen it with uh, Miles Austin. He eventually almost had to just pretty much retire and quit because of them daggone hamstrings. And I'm just saying, like, you're, you're a beast, but you ain't never playing. So if, unless you take that incentive-based contract – you should just go ahead and be a coach with the Cowboys because you ain't going to go nowhere else, and just in my opinion, and all of a sudden be healthy at 33 years old and play magically these next three years and never get hurt for another team. I just don't believe that's going to happen. It's I would cons- dare coach for the Cowboys because the minute the linebackers play bad, they're going to look right at you and try I, to I'm get just, you out I'm just saying, Sean Lee, he, yeah, you're right. That's why I say, well, you know, with the Romo thing, but at the end of the day, Sean Lee, I believe they have a kind of thing. They love Sean Lee, and I believe he will get kind of like like Mark Colombo. Uh, Sean Colum- Lee's amazing. What? I Mark know he's a- can't play. Sean Lee can still play. I mean, but Where's you can't tell me when Malar- you can't tell me when Mark Colombo came in with <laughs> Dallas. His knee was shredded in Chicago, and they basically left him for dead. And he battled back from that knee to come over and take over that right tackle spot. You got to give Colombo some kind of props for that. Sean Lee can play. Today, I'm talking about now. Yeah, I'm telling you, Sean Lee can play, but he don't play because he always hurt. Let okay, it don't matter you if you great if you ain't on the field. Let me tell you something. If Sean Lee lay down and say ouch for 16 games, but he's ready these last four, you're just going to say, well, no, Sean, just nah, get out of here. No, play. Yeah, the if playoffs, I, but I'm saying you can't bake on that no more, Vosh. Vosh, you can't bake on that more. We banked on it. We waited again another year. This was another year that we were going to see if he was going to be healthy. And what happened? First few games, gone. And you want to know the All best right. thing about it? We, if, he we, does we, lay down, if he does lay down and get hurt, we got a young gangster looking like Ivan Drago ready to come out there and take over. We're not going to be handicapped by it no more is what I'm saying, though, James. If Sean Lee can only give us four games, let's hold him to the most important four games of the year then. That's what I'm saying. Okay, and give him so, a, give him so, a, so give him a four-game let, contract. Let the people speak. Let the people speak. Uh, those that's in the chat box, Bang. those who are watching this video post-video, just comment down below. Let us know whether or not you would love to have Sean Lee back or would you love to see the more development of LVE? You know what it's they're so- going to say to that one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you already know what they're going to say that one. You already know what they're going to say to that one. They're going to say all LVE because, I mean, he's the thing right now. What do you think about them getting stubbed to the Pro Bowl? I'll, that's good because it popped up in my head. The Pro Bowl selections, we had some new guys get in. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence got in. Great. Byron Jones got in with the, uh, you know, switching to the full-time cornerback. What do you think about LVE and Jalen Smith? Do you think they got snubbed? Do you think it was, hey, you think they deserved a Pro Bowl? Or do you think that's just, you know, it's just a fan thing right now. It didn't really matter. Let, let, let me let me jump in on this. Let me jump in on this. Let, I'm going to tell you right now. The, the Pro Bowl is trash. Can I say something? Deal. I don't like it. I, I'd rather wait for like the all pros, whatever that, that, that rating come out. And ever since they switched to Pro Bowl before the Super Bowl, it's been trash. They need to switch it back to after the Super Bowl so we can really see the original people that made it to the Pro Bowl play. I don't like the... Uh, uh, 50% or 30%, whoever the people that selected to the Pro Bowl are going to be at the Super Bowl, so they're not going to play. And then you get an alternate guy. And what that does collectively, it hurts the salary Waters it down. Now somebody say, well, you know, I made Pro Bowl as an alternate, but I'm a Pro Bowl player. So therefore, you got to give me an extra two to three million. I'm all down for the for the players getting cash or what have you. But to me, it's a popularity contest. And then on top of that, they still don't know how to make the rulings, whether or not it's 
a four three uh, defensive uh, or a linebacker or a three four linebacker. So uh, it, it, to me personally, uh, just like I said, number seventy seven, he has no business being in the Pro Bowl, and I do know that he got the silver and blue on his body and all over his chest. <laughs> like that. But to me, he's not playing Pro Bowl caliber. I'm hard nosed. Yes, I said it. And hey, and Tyron Smith, uh, Tyron Smith, I see, I said. Yeah, face. yeah, he gonna hit you with that big club because you know he got a knee brace, got a knee brace on his arm. Law, first of all, let me tell you something. Tyron Smith bigger than you think he is. That's <laughs> big. I'm just yeah. <laughs> look, look, Law, I'm bigger than you. Tyron Smith right. way bigger than me. <laughs> hey, he all muscle. This how I know. This how I know football fans are insane. Because last me. year they looked at the Pro Bowl and said, "You know what? It's trash. I'm done caring about it. My favorite players keep getting snubbed. I don't care. Next season, you know what?" I don't care. My favorite player keep getting snubbed. I'm leaving. The exact next year, insanity. You keep doing the same thing. No change. You keep expecting change to happen. The Pro Bowl been trash. It been trash. And Resh and Jalen Smith should be Pro Bowlers. Vach don't care. You want to know why Vach don't care? Let me let me look in the camera and tell you why Vach don't care. <laughs> Pro Bowl was trash last year. I fully expect the Pro Bowl to be trash this year. Insanity won't get me. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't even know why they actually have the Pro Bowl any longer. I mean, I mean, back in the day when I was watching it, I'm an old schooler. It meant it, they played harder to me. It was serious Red. business. Uh, it's just got commercialized. The internet done changed everything. Everybody wanted to look cool and switch jerseys and sign each other jerseys at the at the games and stuff. It ain't even competitive. Ain't I don't I don't like it. And I, I think it should be more old school. But you know it is what it is. And I think definitely one of those guys or both should at least got a nod. They might get in there because you know we're gonna have some kind of injury. And just like you said, Law, there's gonna be some kind of injury and they're gonna be in there as a Pro Bowl alternate. It'd be like a third player as an alternate because like two people like I don't want to play. In this game they got an alternate and you're like this dude how did he 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 really is playing in this pro bowl it's just kind of weird to me how they kind of go out like that so i definitely think they need to just change that format some other kind of way to make it competitive because nobody even watches the pro bowl anymore like keep it real nobody watches it like they used to before and it's just like you said it's just a popularity contest so they probably need to just change some things and yes i love you tyron smith and please don't hurt me but yeah i don't think you deserved it either Y'all scared, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all scared. That's a, that's a big dude, dog. He, 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 he even the even even the NFL players say it. So you know they saying that they. Man got one arm, man. What are you gonna do to you, James? Uh, I mean, he gonna hit me with that big club knee brace. He got, and you know what I'm saying. I'm slim fit, so you know what I'm saying. One swing of that, it's it's a wrap for me. So I I I, I ain't on that, but I will. I ain't gonna run from you. I'll probably say it and then kind of back up a little bit after I say it to you. I'm around. Hey, I can get him before he grabbed me, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't, because he can run, too. He, he, he can run. He can run. So, <laughs> I, I, I want to ask y'all, so, you know, the hot topic has been Dak Prescott. You said a little bit about it, Vosh. Uh, we're about to wind down uh, for the show, for the Cowboys experience. So definitely appreciate Law, uh, Vosh being on here. Great insight that they both put uh, put out and make sure you check out their breakdowns and videos they're awesome check out both of their sites it's second to none i'm just pumping them up because i like sharing their videos because it's it's the truth just like you said you can watch the game everybody watches the game and has the knee-jerk reactions but you have to really watch the tape and you have to really know what you're watching uh, because a lot of times when you say, oh, this is the reason, then you go back and watch the tape just like when i used to coach kids would always be like i was blocking coach yes i was and i was like all right play 
And then they're like, oh, dang, I, I guess I wasn't blocking. Yeah, exactly. The tape does change everything. Uh, but going forward, I'm I'm frustrated with our fan base. You know, I've had my things with Dak Prescott. I had a few rants about him, but I never not wanted him to be our quarterback. You know what I'm saying? I never not wanted him to be our quarterback. But why are we getting this this situation where, man, everything that he does is it's like, just like you said, if a fullback drops a touchdown, Dak did it. If – there's a sack. That's Dak's fault. If the uh, receiver drops the ball, Dak did it. Why is this dude – I need to figure out why are, is this dude getting so much hate and he's been a winning quarterback every year. He's fans not are, had a losing season yet. Because fans are emotional. Fans are emotional and they look for a big hill to point at. You know, they, they don't, they don't want to do the research. They don't want to do the homework. And partially because they're not equipped to do it. That's why my YouTube is so important, V-O-C-H-L-O-M-B-A-R-D-I. That's why Law Nation is so important. That's why this whole conglomerate, this whole deal that we're doing is why we're so important. Doggone, the four-letter network got, got, got people out there saying, Hunter Henry playing tonight. Hunter Henry ain't play all year. They're misinformed. Right. They don't, they're, they're not watching the Cowboys as closely as we're watching the Cowboys. But our fan base, for whatever reason, they go to the four-letter network for information. They don't come to us for information. But the ones that come to us for information are fully equipped with the knowledge and information to make a logical decision. I've talked so many emotional people off the ledge this last couple of days, big game, James, mm -hmm. with three questions. I got them written down here. Tell me. One, do perfect quarterbacks exist? Two, what matters the most when we evaluate quarterbacks? Third, how do you fix it? Those three questions sum up the entire situation, if you don't mind me filibustering on your show for a second. Go ahead. Dak Prescott didn't throw a touchdown versus the Colts, but neither did Andrew Luck. Drew Brees didn't throw one. Cam Newton also did not throw one. But wins and losses matter in that scenario. You know, we want to talk about Dak Prescott versus the Eagles. We want to get real micro with that analysis. Oh, he threw he threw two interceptions before he went back to win the game. Well, Phillip Rivers on Thursday Night Football playing against the Chiefs also threw two interceptions, put his team in a hole, and fought his way out of it. But we don't look at the positive traits from young Dak Prescott. We don't look at the toughness. We don't look at the clutch ability. We don't look at his leadership, his team. How much How much more better would Peyton Manning be if he was clutch? Peyton Manning, the greatest quarterback of all time, in my personal opinion. How much more better would he be if he was clutch? You know what I'm saying? But people want to look at the at the at the at the things that don't matter. They want to look at oh his feet. They want to look at his throwing motion. They want to look at all these other traits. But big game, James. The only thing that matters when we evaluate quarterbacks is wins and losses. And Dak is the second most winning quarterback since 2016 behind Tom Brady. It's all that matters. When quarterbacks get fired, it's because they lose too much. If quarterbacks get jobs, it's because they win. It's because they win. Matt Flynn's still making money because he won one game in Seattle one time and went and got paid by three other teams because he won. Matt Castle played for the Patriots not because he's great, but because he won with the Patriots. So they kept giving him chances in the league. Wins and losses, the only thing that matters. When the Cowboys was trying to bench Tony Romo for John Kidna, it was because <laughs> and John Kidna showed up and won three times. Okay, but but when Tony Romo starts to win, oh, Tony's the goat now. Tony's the goat. 
But when Dak wins 13 games, oh, it's bench Tony. Oh, when Dak loses, oh, bring bring Tony back. Wins and losses, the only thing that matters. But now all of a sudden, young Dak Prescott, who's yet to have a losing season, yet to have a losing season, he's a winner. But all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, it just doesn't matter. Well, 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 the team got to be perfect for Dak to win. I mean, I've seen Dak win games with Rod Smith. I've seen Dak win games with 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 Cam Fleming, with with Darren McFadden. I've seen Dak Prescott win win ball games with all these people. Chaz Green, <clears throat> Chaz Green, but all yeah. of a sudden, but all of a sudden, winning and losing doesn't matter. All of a sudden, when we evaluate young Rain Dakota Prescott, because people get emotional. People get emotional. My third, my third question, and I promise I'm gonna let y'all go. How would you fix? How would you fix it? If I didn't get people off the ledge with those first two questions, how do you fix it? What you gonna go sign uh, uh, Zach Dysert? You gonna go get him? (laughs) What you gonna go get Paxton Lynch? You gonna sign that guy? Oh, let's go bring Sam Bradford up in here. No, Sanchez, Mark Sanchez. That's what we got. Dak is what we got. Not only is he a winner, but I think Dak is our absolute best option right now to win ball games. And that ain't me settling. <laughs> that ain't me settling. It's about what works. If I can fill a bus for two more minutes, and I promise I'm going to let y'all go. Yeah. It's, it's all about what works. It's not about the talent. Matt Stafford is a year more talented than Dak Prescott. Joe Flacco got way more arm talent than Dak Prescott, but it's all about what works. What can you put together to make this thing work? And apparently, it's working with Lamar Jackson, but it ain't working with Joe Flacco right now. So Joe Flacco got to go find a new job. So if I got a quarterback that's a winner, and I know he can win, because all he's done for three seasons is, is give me winning seasons, Let's find something to make it work. And if and if that's drafting another offensive line, that's spinning a first to go get a wide receiver up in here, if that's allocating all the resources to defense, that gummit, let's do it. <coughs> that matters. My bad, y'all. Thank you for letting me speak. Go, go ahead. My bad. I, I actually I love it. You spoke a lot of knowledge. Law, give me your little give me your um give me your dissertation of Dak Prescott. Law, Yes, indeed. Facts versus opinions. And uh, he, he did level the facts there. Uh, everyone have reasonings, but results are what matter. And the results of it is that he got 30 wins to 16 losses. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can you can go a long way with that, guys. I, I understand that right now he got to work on anticipation, stepping up through his throws. But what young quarterback don't have those things that they need to work on? But the intangibles are way, way, way high and far, especially looking at a fourth-round draft pick. And I understand the Dak defender, the Dak apologist that everybody like to label me and Mark Holmes and, and Bosch Lombardi for those who like to just bring out facts. But I can be critical a little bit uh, with Dak Prescott, of course. Those are things that he needs to work on when he's going through his progressions. And then on top of that, this, this vertical offense, what uh, Scott Lenihan is working with uh, Dak Prescott on, it may can work out for a Stafford. It may can work out for a Ryan and the other guys who got elite arms. But for Dak Prescott, it's going to take time. And that, that's what Cowboy Nation, we are so spent because we waited over since, what's it been, 1995? And we had all these up and down seasons. Uh, the uh, as, as we call it in the uh, uh, stock market, we call it volatile. You know, it's just been so volatile when we had Ramos of the world. He'd throw you a nice pass. He'd throw you five touchdowns. But also, he would throw you three or four uh, interceptions and things like that. He would take chances. And we have been so drawn. Those who just don't like the Cowboys but love them, been mm-hmm. so drawn and so entertained by that 
that we now looking at Dak Prescott wanting and expecting for Dak Prescott to do the same thing, but he's just not going to do that. Right. Dak Prescott right. is going to kill you with his legs, Mississippi State legs, right? And then he also can kill you with the RPO action. We, we fail to realize, and everybody, when we educate the nation, when we educate people out there, that Ezekiel Elliott was our first-round draft pick. He was the fourth overall guy, not Dak Prescott. We're not going around here saying, hey, you know what? That Jordan Howard, man. Ooh. He's not comparing to Ezekiel Elliott. Boy, that Jordan Howard. Then, of course, you will have your, your, your here's and there's of uh, the kid that's over there in Denver. Denver just got a freaky way of finding guys that's undrafted that can run like that. I forgot his name. What's his name, fam? I know you know him. I tell you what, Law, for every Philip yeah. that they got, there's a Devontae Booker that failed for them. They yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so you guys see that, you know, and then of course when y'all compare Dak Prescott to Patrick Money, man, my homes, my God, that's one in a generational guy, man. The guy is not created equally. You know, he's just from a lab somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and it's just it's just sad for us to try to compare him to 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 Dak Prescott. What we need to do is just stay focused on what our first round draft pick was, and that's Ezekiel Elliott, and stay focused on what this team can do to better this team collectively. And Dak Prescott. He's going to be around here, of course. I know a lot of people talk about salary and money, things like that. What? The NFL raised the salary cap for $4 million, right? Four and a half, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's more cachet than we got. So maybe he can, you can pay Dak Prescott 20 to $25 million. I know it's not uh, comfortable to say that, but look at the cars of the world who played for the Raiders. One can argue who got a nice offensive line who had Omari Cooper, who had a, a veteran tight end, but couldn't win, didn't have the intangibles that Dak Prescott exhibits. So Cowboys Nation, all we got to do is something about positive energy. If we can just focus and elevate the young man instead of throwing trash and dirt on him and giving him nickname as Trash Scott and things like that, because I remember your names. I got a <laughs> photographic memory that I can sit, there, sit back and remember. When we win, I'm looking for your name. I'm looking for your comment to bring that same energy. So... It is what it is, Cowboy Nation, one way or another. Dak Prescott is our quarterback. And this weekend against the Buccaneers, I want to see Mississippi State that. That's what I want to see. Just imagine, <laughs> teams, just imagine the teams that got Marcus Mariota, the mm-hmm. the teams that got Jameis Winston, but they just can't figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People want to get on Jameis Winston. Jameis is still one of the smartest quarterbacks I've ever seen. Still got great arm talent. Still got great touch and accuracy. Can't get it done, though. Can't get it done because his infrastructure don't work. We knows what we know what works with Dak Prescott. We know exactly what needs to happen with Dak Prescott. I'll pay money for that. People want to cringe at the thought of Dak Prescott making twenty five million dollars. That's fine because at some point the regular number gonna be like thirty one. <laughs> Pat, Pat Mahomes gonna get paid. He gonna demand thirty five million dollars. We gonna have Dak at you know Dak at a low number. So it is what it is, man. Pay the cost to do business. Hey, I, I, I'm feeling y'all. Hey. I'm gonna just say this, just by listening to both of y'all. The big thing, the biggest thing I always said about the I, I loved about Dak was he's a winner. That was the biggest thing that you no know, more than anything else about Dak Prescott. I remember when I was inboxing you, uh, Vosh, like, tell me about Dak, man, dog. Talk, talk to me about Dak, man. I'm frustrated right now. Talk to me. But mm-hmm. we kept on, even in our conversation, we kept going back to he is a winner. And that's the biggest thing that came back to us. He's a winner. And Cowboys fans, I don't know why we acting like we spoiled because we ain't been winning nothing in a very long time, and he's been a winner every single season. So as much as sometimes I get critical and I get frustrated, I still love Dak 
and I still want him to be our quarterback going forward and beyond. I don't want him to leave, and I want him to continue to get better. Now, I do like I would like the situation like you uh, had mentioned, Law, uh, with Scott Linehan. Maybe that I would like for that to change because I believe if he got a coordinator that kind of fit his 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 skill set, I feel like he would be even a better quarterback. I feel like we're not even seeing the best of him because he's being constricted, uh, trying to make him some vertical guy, make him stand in the pocket all day. You know what is when I, I when we do our play by play, when it's third and four, I'll be in my head like, Dak, it's okay. Third and four, you can just run. Like, you ain't got to sit in that pocket and try to hold the ball and try to find somebody. Third and four, just use them legs. I'm cool with that. Like, you are so much better when he starts getting that quick that quick offense running and that no-huddle type offense and he gets to moving and running around. Our offense seems to take off and it gets, seems to get right, like, jump-started. So, hopefully going forward something like that can happen. I do want to ask a quick question before we head out of here. Does, do you guys know about the Tavon Austin update? I heard a little bit about that. He's working his way in. Where do you think he's headed? Um, do you think we'll get him before the playoffs? <clears throat> well, well, uh, I think what we're going to do with Tavon is what the uh, coach did with us, with T.Y. Hilton. You know, there was a game day decision. We didn't know whether or not to prepare for him or what have you. So I think that it should be a game day decision. I think that uh, Tavon needs to get some reps out there before the playoff. And, and I think that he's a vital part for this team this weekend because I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I, I love Kobe. I don't want to see him I, do I no more punt returns. No, get right, off. Right, right, right. Boy, you got some energy now. <laughs> yeah, because I don't yeah, want to see that anymore. That, I don't want to see Cole Beasley catch it when there's ten, there's guys 10 yards away from him and he's fair catching it. Like, you're not a threat. You When you get the ball, you're running side to side because you don't want to get hit. Like, I, I get it. Like, he's never been a threat, and the only reason why we have him back there is because he can catch it and he won't fumble. That's the only reason why he's back there because he is no threat as a punt returner. So please, Tavon Austin, get healthy. But you jumping up and down on that bench, throwing the arms up at these games, and I'd be thinking you're okay. So I don't know. Just get on this daggone field because they paid you this money and you always been hurt. Get on this field and let's use you what we need to use it for. Dynamic. Dynamic. And then he opened up the playbook a little bit more. I love what Amari Cooper do out there on the field, but – that a reverse sweep and end around. That belongs to T.A. <laughs> so let T.A. get out there, the web back or what have you, and still have Amari Cooper on our side. So maybe they can do a fake reverse. And now Amari Cooper just running up the seam, and now we're going to pump back a little bit on Scott Linehan, right? <laughs> right. And Dak Prescott hit Amari Cooper down the field for 40 yards or 50-yard bomb as T.A. move around the side. So uh, I, I would love to see T.A. out there again, uh, and I think that they're going to do the same thing that the coach did for us last week, just hold him and reserve him and then say he's a game day decision, then he can have an explosive day, especially at home. Well, let's hope so. So with that being said, I just want to thank you guys. We had another great Cowboys experience, another great talk. I appreciate both of you guys. Like I said, folks, uh, thank you for everybody that tuned in today. Anybody's names I didn't mention, I do apologize, but we definitely appreciate everybody who tuned into the show. Uh, we love the comments that were rolling in constantly. A lot of people were giving feedback, agreeing with a lot of things that you were saying. Uh, but I definitely appreciate the breakdown that both of you guys gave and continue to give. Make sure, folks, go check out Law Nation. Make sure you go check out Vosh Lombardi. You see the names up there, YouTube, Facebook. I know your thing is starting to bang now, uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, on Facebook, Vosh. So check out Vosh Lombardi Film Sessions. Uh, they're awesome. We share them on the page as well. So, Salutes to both of you guys. Great breaks down. 
great talk. We'll be tuning in to you guys next week with the Cowboys Experience, having some new guests. And make sure you tune in every single week for the Cowboys Experience because we're going to have it rocking and wait till you see what we have coming up in store uh, in the near future. So from me, Big Game James, Producer G, Law Nation, Vosh Lombardi, salutes to all y'all, and we'll see you next week. Peace. I love you, Tyron Smith. Don't fight me. <laughs> <clears throat> Yes, indeed. We still live like that.